Welcome to a new episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasalina. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Dr. Rebel Hanna, who will tell us all about the outcome of the recent presidential elections in Lebanon. Here are the three segments. In segment one, Dr. Hanna will give us the big picture, the historical context behind Lebanon's current declining political, economic, and social situation, compounded by rampant corruption and a weak national defense. In segment two, he will talk just about the recent results of the presidential election and what has to change. And finally, in segment three, he proposes three solutions. Here is a short biography of Dr. Rebel Hanna. Dr. Hanna is chairman of Mantra Tourist Group, chairman and chief executive of Dexter Capital Risk Management Services, BOD member of GHTSRL, and he's an entrepreneur with more than 30 years of professional experience in the international business development, commercial, investment, corporate, and private banking industry. Dr. Rebel Hanna served as well as Deputy General Manager at Invest Bank UAE, Managing Director of the Unique Investment Bank in Lebanon specialized in securitization. He was managing the first SPV in the MENA region and the first ABCP conduit. Prior to that, he occupied different senior managerial positions in the banking industry. I hope you'll enjoy this episode and thank you for tuning in to Mediterranean Sustainability Partners in 59 countries and five continents. Good afternoon and welcome to a new segment of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I am so pleased to be joined by my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Rebel Hanna. Rebel, how are you? Good, and you? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. In these uncertain times, right? Uh, Absolutely. I, I see, yeah, I wanted to see how you were doing and, and you know, we want to talk about uh, these elections and the situation, uh, general situation, we should tell our listeners that in this first segment, we're going to talk about the overall picture, the macro picture uh, in segment one, and then segment two, should you agree, uh, we're going to talk about the election. And then uh, the third segment, we're going to talk about solutions. So um, our listeners are very interested to know, as you know, maybe uh, 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 this podcast is heard in 59 countries and on five continents. And I want to welcome our listeners uh, from the United Arab Emirates, where you are sitting, and uh, in Lebanon, of course, um, what the subject of our podcast is. And if you'd like to say any words in French, Arabic, or other words, now is the time to do it. Actually, uh, thank you very much uh, for this uh, for this very important discussion that we are having today related to the Lebanese uh, problem, which is a very, very long-lasting problem. Uh, I would say it's coming from 1943, and now we'll talk about the details. And unfortunate uh, latest events uh, where uh, uh, we are unable since like uh, now 15 years, uh, it's impossible to, uh, to put in place a good government. And if we have to put in place a good government, it takes decades to put that government in place. Uh, all the developments uh, related to the uh, economic uh, failure uh, in the country uh, which is directly connected with the political infrastructure of the country as well. So, uh, yes, it's a very, very hot topic. And uh, uh, Lebanon is a very small country, actually. It's around 10,452 kilometers square. But uh, it is, in the same time, a key country in the region uh, yes. because of its uh, geographical interconnection 
from one side with the Syrian borders, from one uh, from another side with the uh, occupied Palestinian borders, and uh, uh, which is uh, when I say occupied, meaning the Israeli op occupation. Yes. And um, definitely our openness over uh, 210 kilometers uh, on the Mediterranean Sea and our proximity to Cyprus, which is our first frontier with the European Union. All of this makes of Lebanon uh, a very important uh, geographical location. And it used to be extremely important for tourism, for uh, 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 time for uh, meaningful shipping, um, uh, uh, the, the the biggest hub of transit uh, for uh, uh, for the uh, air transport. So it was really one of the most very well located countries to connect the 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 east to the west. Now definitely down the road, we had a lot of uh, turbulences and we are still having these turbulences which made that Lebanon is not anymore having this very important and key role. And um, unfortunately, today, Lebanon is in, is in a situation where we need each and every single help. Uh, but unfortunately, we are not getting neither the appropriate partner for that help, nor the appropriate help for us. So this who, who is... Who would you uh, recommend? Sorry. Who would you recommend would come in? Maybe you'd like to speak about that later. but. What about the diaspora? What about the international agencies? Uh, this all multilateralism that was created after the war, and you mentioned a date, uh, which was, you know, uh, around that time. Uh, has, has multilateralism been able to help Lebanon at all get back on its feet? Or, it, you know, we've seen it around in the situations we're watching uh, now, and multilateralism and these international organizations uh, have not really been able to solve and, and help uh, some of these problems get solved. Let me uh, uh, let me put it in a different way. Actually, the international help, uh, if it is coming uh, uh, from the United States, meaning it's not the appropriate help. And I will let you know why. Lebanon since 1943, uh, uh, meaning the independence date, uh, mm -hmm. was uh, under two very uh, severe uh, and important factors the external factor and the internal factor. Uh, so um, uh, the external factor, which is affecting actually the internal factor, is the factor of uh, our proximity to the Palestinian, uh, occupied Palestinian borders, i.e. Uh, the inception of the state of Israel, uh, which replaced the Palestinian state. And this happened in 1948, Lebanon was still very young and uh, it was still a, 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 from 1943, meaning a very, very young government, very young state. And we had this very big uh, and very important uh, change uh, in the uh, geopolitical uh, uh, background and infrastructure, uh, infrastructure, which is actually the creation of the state of Israel uh, which occupied the uh, state of Palestine. And this was our first very uh, dangerous hit, I would say, demographically, uh, mm -hmm. economically, and politically. Demographically, because uh, a lot of Palestinians at that time, they left their territories and they came to Lebanon because Lebanon was a proximity country to the Palestinian uh, territories. Economically, because uh, uh, everybody knows that it's impossible to have an, uh, an agreement with the state of Israel. And because at that time, all the Arab countries, including Lebanon, we were against that occupation and we are still against that occupation. Mm -hmm. This is making that the United States who are supporting 100% and uh, 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 for sure the United Kingdom, who was the initiator of, of that creation of the, um, of the Israeli state. So they were supporting 100% the creation of the state of Israel. So they were fighting against each, uh, each and every single country who was against that occupation. Right. And Lebanon being part of the Lebanese country and of the, uh, sorry, of the Arab countries, 
and being the smallest was the most effective. We were young as a state and we're, we are small as population and as geography. So we were the weakest point in that uh, big picture of the Arab countries. We are not like Egypt, 100 million of, uh, of population. We are not like Saudi Arabia, 33 million of population. Plus, mm -hmm. Lebanon at that time wasn't at all a, um, a country with uh, natural resources like petrol, like uh, uh, oil and gas and so on. So it was a very, very weak point. And that's why when the exode of the, uh, uh, the displacement of the, of the Palestinians came to Lebanon, it created a complete turbulence. This is, I would say, this is the external factor. And that external factor, unfortunately, uh, we didn't get the help of the international countries like the United States or, or France, who was considered the French, uh, 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 the, uh, France was considered all the time because Lebanon was colonized by France for a long period of time after the First World War. So we were considering ourselves like the little little boy or little girl or, of France. And France was considered the mother of the Lebanese in the Middle East. But unfortunately, it turned out that it, did, it wasn't at all the case. Yes, France was supporting us maybe uh, culturally, maybe medically, maybe uh, in, a, in a very small scale, but it wasn't a support, a political support to be able to uh, really resist against the occupation of the Palestinian territories, where in fact, uh, Israel was and still an enemy to, Le to Lebanon. But because Israel was supported by all these big countries and especially the international co countries who are uh, the uh, permanent members of the uh, uh, United Nations Security Council, so it was impossible to place our word. And because of that situation, it was not allowed for the Lebanese army uh, to get the appropriate, uh, the appropriate arms, uh, the appropriate uh, equipments in order to face any risk of uh, war with Israel. And uh, the internal uh, combination, and this is the other part, which is the internal factor, the internal co combination of uh, different societies in Lebanon, like Christians and Muslims, uh, created another layer of risk and turbulence in Lebanon, where uh, Christians, they are, and they tried as much as possible to continue connecting with the West, and Muslims uh, who were divided into Sunni and Shia, so the Sunni, they were getting their help and their support from Saudi Arabia and the Shia by nature, they were getting their help and support from Iraq and from uh, Iran because mm -hmm. of the cultural dependence and the cultural connectivity. So uh, this has created an internal conflict in Lebanon starting 1948 and uh, this conflict uh, continued till 1958 where lebanon was hit by the first uh, uh, by the first turbulence i would say internal kind of civil war at that time where uh, christians were in a part and muslims were on another part supported by the nasri uh, meaning abdul nasser uh, uh, of of egypt and mm -hmm. the turbulence in Lebanon uh, did that, uh, created a kind of, I would say, conflict, internal conflict, where it was impossible since that time for each and every single political decision, it was impossible to have a, a decision that comes 100% for the interest of the Lebanese and interest of Lebanon. All the decisions were coming either for the interest of the United States or for the interest of the, uh, the Arab states. And it never, never had a decision that came 100% for the Lebanese state and for the Lebanese people. And this How many, pardon me, pardon me, Rebel, yeah. Rebel, pardon me. How many governments have you had post-war? Oh, <laughs> uh, we had uh, a number, I don't have really the number of governments, but we had, uh, uh, we never had a government that lasted more than two years or maximum maybe three years. Okay. So we had continu so constantly and continuously, 
changing of governments because of these uh, conflicts of uh, uh, conflicts of uh, political uh, political overviews and uh, political connections. Now, in 1968, the Israeli army uh, did a very severe hit against our airport in Lebanon, and this was the trigger of the uh, real uh, civil war in Lebanon, where in 1973, we had a war that clashed between the Palestinians from one side that were supported by the Arab countries and the Palestinians from 1948 till 1973, they were arming their, themselves and they were training themselves because their aim was at that time to go and get back their territories out of the Lebanese, uh, Lebanese borders mm -hmm. and to fight against the Israeli occupation. But uh, unfortunately in 1973, uh, we discovered that uh, uh, the objectives and the aim of the Palestinians were, was not anymore to go and liberate their territories, but it was more to create a substitute state uh, because the Lebanese, uh, uh, I would say the Lebanese soil was so fertile for them to operate on the Lebanese soil and to replace their, uh, their homeland by a substitute land. So they had a clash with the Lebanese army. And unfortunately, again, for this uh, uh, political affiliations that were not 100% in line with the, uh, 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 with the interest of the Lebanese, uh, Lebanese people. So we had a problem where the Lebanese army wasn't having enough support from the politicians in order to make the hit like in Jordan. In Jordan right. in 1970, the Palestinians, they did the same. But the king of Jordan at that time, King Hussein, he had enough courage to, uh, to make a military hit. And uh, he had enough courage uh, to take control over in a military to take control over the, the revolution that the Palestinians did in, in in Jordan, but in Lebanon, unfortunately, we were unable to uh, unable to take that decision, and the Lebanese army was unable to take control over the Palestinian camps, and because of that failure and that political failure at that time. In 1975, meaning after two years, the civil war started where uh, there was a serious uh, war between uh, the Christian uh, community and the Muslim community, the Christian community who were supported by the West and the uh, Muslim community who were supported internally by the Palestinians, meaning the Palestinians were the army and uh, the uh, uh, I would say uh, uh, the other the other uh, countries, uh, Arab countries, were supporting as well the Palestinians and indirectly supporting that uh, civil war. Now, why this happened, and this is the most important, mm -hmm. it happened as I mentioned because since 1948, meaning when the state of Israel was created uh, in in um, in Palestine. Uh, Lebanon wasn't having the real support to create its own army and to put its own, its own internal security and external security, mm. to put it at a level where you can protect each and every single Lebanese, regardless mm. your religion and regardless your political or cultural affiliation. And this was the serious weak point in the constitution of Lebanon. This is one side. Another side, the ego of the Christians uh, did that they didn't know how to manage that conflict, that cultural conflict between, between Christians and Muslims. And they didn't know how to manage these differences and to put the interest of the nation, meaning the interest of Lebanon on the top of each and every single culture and belief. We all believe in God. I am, I'm free to believe in God in my way and Muslim is free to believe in God in his own way. But when it comes to the country, it should be on the top of everything. And unfortunately, the Christians in 1948, because when the state of Lebanon was created, it was created based on a concept 
Christians uh, will have the uh, presidency, meaning the president of Lebanon is Christian Maronite, the uh, mm -hmm. prime minister is Muslim Sunni, and the, uh, the head of parliament, the president of the parliament, is a Muslim Shia. So it was a triangle uh, and it was um, a conventional agreement, it wasn't a law, it wasn't a constitution. And that's okay. why everyone was feeling that he has that right, meaning every Muslim, and it's very natural, has the right to become mm -hmm. a president of the republic. And every Christian mm -hmm. has the right to become the president of the parliament. And, and, and this is where the conflict started. And on the top, as I mentioned, Lebanon didn't get, it was a very weak point and a very weak uh, country where we didn't get the right support from the West in order to create the right army, the right internal security forces, and to protect the country internally from any turbulence and externally from the threat coming from Israel at that time. And that's why throughout the time, the Lebanese army wasn't uh, armed enough properly and the trust of the Lebanese citizens was becoming weaker and weaker and everyone was arming himself to protect himself and that's why at a certain period of time in 1975 everyone is, was armed in Lebanon and that's why we had the uh, Lebanese uh, civil war so Christians were arming themselves because they were afraid to have whatever Muslim revolution uh, 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 and they were afraid of, of being of being uh, attacked by Muslims for whatever reason. Muslims as well and the most important the Shia, they were feeling themselves and because they were because rightfully the feeling that was very right because they were in the regions uh, where they were living, they were not getting the support of the government. They were not at all supported, neither financially, nor socially, nor uh, uh, security-wise. They were feeling unprotected, so they were arming them themselves. And because they, uh, they were in majority living in the South, where uh, we have our borders with Israel, and Israel was always and still uh, threatening us in, in terms of security, so they were arming themselves and that's why today hezbollah is considering they are considering themselves that they are protecting their lands and they are and it is real hezbollah and the arms of hezbollah unlike all the people what they are saying that we should disarm hezbollah why you want to disarm if your lebanese army is unable today to protect you against any threat coming from the israeli borders why you want these people who were rightfully arming themselves to protect their families, to protect their uh, uh, to protect their honor, to protect their land, to protect their culture, their, their livelihood, the their livelihood too, their business. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, uh, absolutely. They didn't this by hobby. These are not people who have the hobby to be armed or the hobby to go and to fight. They they were obliged to arm themselves in order to protect to protect their territories and their soil, so the, and their families and their women and their sure. children. So and that's why here today we are facing a situation where after the civil war, okay, there was the ups and downs, and then we had the uh, the Syrian occupation, and after that we have lot of turbulences and. I'm talking about all of this. This is the big picture. Today, yes. Lebanon is paying the price of the very, uh, very tricky uh, uh, position of the United States and in uh, general of the Western countries by not giving the support to the Lebanese government and by not allowing the Lebanese army to become a strong army to protect externally and internally and every single Lebanese individual, we are today paying the price of this ambiguous, I would say, or this uh, 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 irresponsible decision that was taken by the West. And if today they are talking about Hezbollah, I am completely against because Hezbollah is natural. It is a natural result 
of not creating a strong state in Lebanon, of not giving the right arms and the right power to the Lebanese army and to the security forces, internal security forces, and everyone today is defending himself by his own. And this is the result. And yeah. it happened everywhere, actually. Uh, um, it happened everywhere with the Lebanese, uh, with the uh, United States international uh, uh, policy. We saw this happening in uh, starting in Cuba. Uh, then after Cuba, uh, we have uh, Korea, we have Vietnam, we have uh, Somalia, in Iran, in Libya, in Yugoslavia, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, uh, in Syria, wherever the Americans are, it is a chaos. And there is no sustainability. There is no firm promises to protect people. So for them, the standards, they talk about human rights. But for them, human rights, they are not standards. These are parameters and they put the parameters according to their own needs and their own interests. So Americans, when they go to a country, they don't go to the country to support. They go to the country, they interfere in the country simply to support their own interests. And by destabilizing yeah. Lebanon and creating a weak army in Lebanon, it was simply not to create any threat to the Israeli state that occupied an Arab country. And by, by weakening the Lebanese army, they created a parallel army by nature. So it came uh, instinct, yeah. it, it was the instinct of the, of, the, of the survival where Hezbollah armed themselves. And today they are, if the Americans they accept it or not, Hezbollah is protecting Lebanon from any attack from Israel because the Lebanese army cannot do it. They simply, they cannot mm. do it. They are not armed of, uh, for that. We were, Lebanon wasn't allowed to have uh, neither air force for defense nor air force for attack. We do not have maritime force neither for defense nor for attack. Uh, we do not have enough uh, arms, uh, missiles or whatever, long, uh, long, uh, uh, long distance missiles. How can an army protect a country if that army is not mm. enough uh, enough armed and this is the problem this is the big problem until today we are living the same problem and now there are negotiations directly or indirect negotiations uh, it's not the point but there are negotiations led by the united states uh, for the uh, for the gas that we have in the yes South, i was going to ask you about that i was exactly yeah. and there and now we are trying to put the borders. Where are the rights of the Lebanese and where are the rights right. of the uh, of the Israelis, which are basically questionable as well, because is it the right of Israel or it is the right of Palestine? This is another question. That, yeah. Now, uh, this is not All our right. point today, but the point is no. from the Lebanese side, if we do not have today uh, the bargaining power which is the support and the backup of Hezbollah, Israel would have taken everything. And the, and the Americans today, when they are discussing and they, want, they are negotiating, they are negotiating, putting in their mind that there is a threat coming from Lebanon in case we do not give them what they want. Or at least if we do not, if we do not share the cake by half, by support, by whatever, meaning we today because of hezbollah we have the bargaining power without hezbollah what we would have we would, would we don't have mm. a, a strong army we don't have a strong government we have nothing they would have taken everything so this is the All situation right. the big picture of lebanon i'm so glad i'm so glad you laid it out so clearly thank you so much dear rebel uh, this ends the first segment and then we'll go on to the second segment thank you thank you thank you so thank much you. We're back with Dr. Rebel Hanna. Rebel, now that you've been so good about laying out the historical background, the sectarian background, 
the geographical context and historical context. Now I would like to, this was the objective, of course, of this uh, podcast, is to talk to us about those elections that happened on September 30th. What can you tell us about it? Actually, it was a very nice uh, uh, comedy. Uh, it was a comedy <laughs> show for me uh, because okay. uh, uh, because the elections didn't follow neither the uh, appropriate standards nor the appropriate attitude of the deputies who were there. Because okay. in my personal opinion, uh, when there is a minimum of responsibility being elected by people and being elected by citizens for a cer certain representation and mandate if i fail to deliver the mandate i should resign and if these people they cannot make their own decision to represent mm. properly the people who elected them they are supposed to simply to step down and to create another early election for the parliament before starting the election of the president can the i ask you just one thing can I, can i ask you just yeah. one thing uh, what is yeah. the absenteeism in uh, Lebanese elections. Is there a great turnout or do a lot of people not go and vote? No, actually the problem, uh, the problem, there was a quorum and the absenteeism, there wasn't a really a serious absenteeism. The problem is not okay. in the attendance. The problem is the in the willingness to save the country. It is in the willingness to uh, elect a president. They elected a white paper. White paper cannot govern the country. White paper cannot be a president. And these people, explain I don't know that, from please. which planet. Sorry. Ex explain that, please. What does this mean? They elected a white because paper. it means the mean? majority. They didn't choose a president. The majority they put a white paper, and the white there a, a was blank, a blank. Yes, yes, yes. A blank paper without any name. Although there are there are many many people who are candidates. So uh, it was really a surprise for me when I was following the elections and i was mm -hmm. listening to the results 63 white paper against 36 uh, or 37 for um, one of the candidates uh, so it's something very strange how can i be a deputy in the chamber and represent a population who elected me for a very specific mandate and i am exactly. unable to give my opinion if you guys you have that blank mindset you are not supposed to be here you are not supposed to represent so, so the sorry but what 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 was the political objective of this to 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 have a uh, you know a white ballot with nothing on it uh actually what do you think I they were trying to in, achieve yeah absolutely this is a very good question uh, ellen and uh, again it's an extrapolation of our uh, historical uh, background and all the conflicts that i was talking about in the first segment mm -hmm. Uh, uh, every, every, uh, uh, I would, this sectarian or this religious uh, conflict is making that, as I mentioned, we have uh, not all the Christians today, but it used to be. But today in the parliament, we have majority of the deputies, they are interconnected to the U.S. embassy. And oh. uh, I'm talking about the Christians. And okay. uh, Muslims, the Sunni, they are uh, interconnected to Saudi Arabia. And the Shia, they are interconnected to Iran. So we are in our chamber, we are not making a choice for Lebanon. We are making a choice for the geopolitical interests who are today oh. governing all the region. So Americans, they don't care if we have a president or not. And unfortunately, Christians, they don't understand that. Christians, they are still putting in their mind that we do not have or we do not want uh, a president who is uh, having the blessing of Iran. Okay, I may, I may agree with this concept if we, uh, if we were to be in a country having all the time independent choices. But mm. if we have a president today uh, blessed by having the blessing of USA, it's better? Definitely not. Definitely not. Now, uh, our current president, he was unable to, to rule the country. He was unable to make any decision. And unfortunately, he, wa he didn't know how to choose the right people to put around him the right 
advisors in order to create that balance between the Western conflict and the Eastern conflict. And this was one of the biggest failure that our president had. Uh, regardless uh, uh, his way of thinking, maybe maybe he has an excellent vision, but he, were un he was unable to put in place the theories that he was talking about. Besides, he was all the time uh, trying to push on a personal level his son-in-law, meaning the husband of his daughter, to be the leader mm -hmm. of the Christians in order to create for him a political sustainability. So there was a change in the priorities from the president mm. side, the current president. Instead of putting mm. the uh, interest of the country on the top and putting everything else at the second and third priority, he was putting on the top priority how he can create a sustainability and continuity for his political uh, movement uh, through his uh, son-in-law. And that's why we have today this turbulence. And this where hmm. it's it, it's always uh, uh, metaphorically, Ellen, when you have, um, hmm. uh, a, when someone has a body uh, with some weaknesses and unfortunately he gets a cancer, okay, the cancer goes and hits these weak parts of the body. And this is what right. happened in us. We had hmm. that weak point, which is, the wrong poli uh, political uh, uh, approach of our president and the US, and I would, I'm saying bluntly, the US, which is the cancer in the political environment of Lebanon, they are hitting us and they don't care about us. They are not supporting us. At the contrary, they are making us weaker and weaker and weaker. And that's so, so why- sorry. So sorry, so what, what can be changed in the political system of Lebanon uh, Lebanon first, has first a, a point, parliamentary, mm -hmm, a the first system. point that should change is the mindset mm -hmm. of uh, the Christian, uh, the Christian deputies who are today against the arms of Hezbollah. I would ask them a question and I would like them to think about it. Okay, mm -hmm. if today you guys, you are against uh, the arms of Hezbollah, okay everyone could be against arms that are not uh, uh, under the uh, under the government but what is the substitute in order to face the danger coming in the south are they do able you have to vote substitute? something do they do they do they have a budget do they have a, a way of voting for defense for lebanon they have nothing uh, they have nothing okay. except giving promises or being promised by the uh, by by the embassies this is not a solution. We want a president who knows first, we want a president who knows first how to make a real strong army, who knows how to make his alliances and choices. If Americans, they don't allow our army to become strong, I go to the Russians. If the Russians, they don't allow our army to become strong, I go to the Chinese. If the Chinese, they don't allow our country to become strong, I go to North Korea. I go to the devil, but I put, but I put, yes, I put the interest of my country on the top of each uh, and every single uh, uh, consideration. And this is the problem, unfortunately. They are not putting the country on the top of the considerations. Hmm. They've Hello? got their own personal interest. Yeah. They've got their own personal interests, right? That they're putting before any other type of political interest. Is that correct? So uh, my question was, Rebel, uh, is should there be a change in the type of governance that the, the Lebanese country can, can see? Is there some other solution for governing Lebanon? Uh, so uh, your question was, what type of governance would there is there should there be another type of governance is this one not working for lebanon we've seen different types of models of governance across different types of countries uh maybe is there a solution for lebanon here uh to be honest uh, on the short term uh i don't see really a solution because uh, now as i mentioned metaphorically i said now it's a cancer and mm. cancer uh, cannot be treated by panadol so cancer should be treated by going to the roots, extracting the reason, extracting the roots, 
and then putting the solutions on the table. And that's why, unfortunately, I'm not seeing so far a short-term solution. And that's why I believe that uh, there will not be uh, very soon uh, presidential elections in Lebanon. And we okay. will be... No, there were definitely not. Definitely okay. not. Because so, there so is how is no... the country going to be run? How is the country going uh, to be run uh, without uh, this elections? Is, this is the the alternative <laughs> that now they are trying to model, me, uh, which is the assignment of a government, uh, which uh, which will be taking or replacing the president in uh, in the transition period. And this is another, I would say, anecdote. So a caretaker, and a caretaker government, would you say? Yes, yes. Uh, they want to create a government who can take care of uh, the day-to-day -day work, but without right. strategic decisions. Because finally, uh, in order to have strategic decisions, we need to have a complete, very well-established uh, system where without a president, I don't see uh, how the system can be balanced and how we can create this uh, transition of, uh, of, of decisions between uh, the parliament, between the government and uh, the president. So this is a big problem and that's why I don't see in the, in the short term uh, a, a solution. Now, what should happen? Okay. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. unfortunately, uh, we cannot manipulate a lot or, or use a lot the privileges of the law. Uh, but we have today a parliament which was elected very not uh, not uh, since long time. It's a very young parliament, and uh, that's okay. why I believe this is where we need uh, to change the mindset of the people who were elected in the parliament. And these people, they need to go to the roots of the problem. And instead of going out on uh, saying that we don't want Hezbollah or we don't want Iran or we don't want... No, guys, better not to put any more petrol uh, on the fire. Go and sit all together uh, one week, two weeks, three weeks, one month and put between yourselves, put a minimum of... Let us discuss about let us discuss not about the differences. Let us talk about what does make us united as Lebanese. So if everyone looks at the interest of the Lebanese, then they can come up with some solutions without being, uh, without compromising the, uh, I would say, the well-being of the Lebanese. Today, Ellen, in Lebanon, you have 30 minutes to one hour of electricity per day everywhere. You have zero liter of water available for people. You have uh, the worst, uh, the worst uh, uh, depreciating currency in the world. You have the most unstable uh, security in the country. The uh, rate of crimes increased around 600% in the past year. What country where they are creating these people? And they still dare to put a white paper and not to elect a president to protect the Lebanese. And this is where it should start. These people so are we, today- Pardon me, pardon me, Rebel. Do you think that, uh, that the country should come under some sort of uh, protectorate from a higher institution or an international organization? What, Please what, name what? it. Please name this institution. <laughs> asking you. If, if you, you are going to I. tell me the United States, if it's a fiasco. They went to Iraq, they killed one million Iraqi for no reason. They went so to who, Afghanistan, who they stayed be? in Afghanistan, and now they are not anymore there. Well, how can you deal with who? France? They, as, as well, they failed in, in Africa. Until now, they have, uh, they didn't know how to create, uh, I would say, a, a good con connection with the African countries. Americans, they are surrounded by haters because they didn't know how to create this uh, a good connection with the, with the countries where that they invaded how about sorry how about the diaspora H have you heard from people that are outside lebanon as you know there's more lebanese outside lebanon than there is inside you know um, is there some solution that's coming from uh, and we'll talk about the solutions in the next segment i don't want to overstep but in terms of political does the political regime have to change the form have to change i'm trying to get my head around as a, a student of political science you know how what has to change so the country can be governed and by whom uh 
if I have to, uh, again, if I have to uh, describe it metaphorically, we need a chemotherapy. A chemotherapy <laughs> meaning, meaning change the parliament, have elections uh, uh, that could bring to the parliament people who are responsible and not people who are employees of embassies. And this is where, uh, where it should start. Our deputies okay. today are employees or, uh, of embassies, be it the American My embassy goodness. or the French embassy or the, or the Iranian embassy or whatever. They Everybody are with an interest. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, are playing, yeah. they are playing the ge geopolitical game and they are not considering the interest of Lebanese. Unfortunately. How about the constitution on just one the last note and we'll finish and we'll move on to the solutions. But how about the constitution? Can, can anything be changed in the constitution? Uh, to change the constitution, constitution, to change the constitution, you need uh, the parliament to take its role. And since the members of the parliament are not responsible people, how can you change? Unless there is a serious revolution, but this is uh, the likelihood of this to happen is very, very, very weak because Lebanese today are very tired. They do not have any hope. Lebanese are throwing themselves. I don't know if you heard in the, in the news, they are th throwing themselves in the sea and they are sinking in the sea just simply to escape from the system, simply to escape okay. from the current situations. So Lebanese are becoming mm. hopeless. Uh, uh, mm. Uh, again, there should be a wake up. These people who Absolutely. are today in the parliament, they should wake mm -hmm. up and they should know mm -hmm. that they have a mandate to protect the Lebanese. And that mandate, they need to exercise it in the right way and not for the interest of any embassy. And it's only then where we can say that, okay, we can put in place a, a good, uh, I would say, system with a the appropriate president. I don't care about the religion of the president. I don't care about mm. the religion of the prime minister or the religion of the president of parliament. What I care about is really what this person is going to bring as a value for the Lebanese and how he, this person is going to protect the economy, the individuals, the system and the welfare and well-being of these people. And unfortunately, till today, till today, no one is reacting in that direction. But I know you have the solutions and we know that someone has to create value for the Lebanese, correct? So we'll Absolutely. stop here and we'll move on to the third segment. Thank you so much, Sherab. Merci beaucoup. Thank, Thank you. And we're back with Dr. Rebel Hanna in the third and last segment, we come to the end of this very exciting podcast. And thank you again for your time today. And I want to thank our audience in 59 countries and five continents tuning into this podcast in English and French. Maybe the next time we'll do French. You and I, we speak both languages, of course. But sure. now we're coming to the solutions. What's the value proposition for the Lebanese people? Actually, uh, as I mentioned in the first segment and the second segment, uh, we have a serious uh, problem that cannot be solved in the uh, in the short term because of the different dependencies, different influences coming from here and there, from the West and from the East. Uh, we are seeing today a very, very serious change in the geopolitical uh, environment where uh, we are seeing uh, 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 the uh, the BRICS uh, getting uh, more and more power uh, for less power for the Americans and a, so, a, a excuse decline. Me. So it's it's a it's a question of balance of power. Am I correct in the Middle East? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, all these uh, changes that are happening today, and we will be seeing very soon changes as well in the Middle East, where I am personally. I believe uh, that Saudi Arabia is going to get the lead of the Middle East along with Egypt very soon. So there will be 
it, what it's about not Turkey? anymore. Sorry. What about Turkey? Turkey, Turkey will have a different role, but not in the Middle Eastern countries. Okay. I'm talking about the Middle East. Okay. Uh, Saudi Arabia and Egypt are going yes. to have a serious role in the MENA region. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and uh, till now, the picture is not very clear. Mm -hmm. where uh, where are the limitations of Americans where are the limitations of Europeans mm -hmm. where the BRICS uh, and mainly Russia uh, will reach with which level and which power Russia is going to give to Egypt and 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 Saudi Arabia and yeah. to which extent they will be exercising that power in the region to protect for sure uh, all the all the interests of the Russians in the region Mm -hmm. And Americans, as usual, they are trying to protect the existence of the uh, state of Israel. So all of this is still unclear. And this uncertainty... Despite, puts... excuse me, despite the Abraham Accords. Absolutely, absolutely. Despite that. So, uh, and that's why today, I think that Lebanese uh, should uh, start thinking of focusing on the internal affairs and to forget on the external affairs. We are so small that we cannot play the game of the big boys. And mm -hmm. that game should not be part of our priorities. We should know how to isolate ourselves and how to put the internal affairs of the Lebanese and Lebanon on the top of the priorities. Mm -hmm. Regardless who is today paying and who is pushing and who, who is making pressure, we should know Lebanese are known to be highly educated and and uh, very smart. So I cannot believe that we don't know how to create the balance between what we are committed to do for the external parties and what we should do to for the internal uh, stability of the country. And for my, uh, in, in my personal opinion, the solution should be, as I mentioned, all the political parties they should go to to sit all together and to think not about how much we are different in terms of connectivity with the embassies they should sit and put on the top of their priorities how we can save our lebanese citizens from losing their wealth from losing their health from losing their security we do not have anything anymore we have it, it's a country it's like a desert we have the most beautiful country in terms of geography mm. but zero in terms of value can you imagine in the 21st century we do not have 30 minutes of electricity can you imagine in the 21st century none not we do not receive one liter of 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 water in our house can you imagine just... in the 21st uh, century, we do not have security, we do not have stability, we do not have mobile connecting properly, we do not have internet. It's something that we cannot believe anymore. Unacceptable. And this is where, and this is where they should start working. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lebanon is, uh, because of all of this uh, that happened throughout the years, the level of corruption increased in a way that you cannot imagine. Mm. So Lebanon today, in terms of corruption, is mm -hmm. ranked, if I am not mistaken, number 154 over 180. So meaning oh. we are on the bottom in terms on the bottom in terms of corruption. In terms of index of economic economic freedom, we are ranked 162 over 177. So oh, the question is, what can we do to save this country? And how can we do mm -hmm. to save these 5 million of Lebanese who are living today in Lebanon? It's very easy. We took the, we put their interest on the top. There is nothing anymore to eat. All the corrupted people, they got all what they want. So please give us what we want now. So no need anymore for uh, thousands and thousands of public employees just to give them uh, uh, salaries for nothing. Hmm. We convert. The solution is very simple. Everything that is related to services or to administration, let Lebanon become the first digital government in the world. Meaning, no need for employees, 
no need for uh, whatever. But I'm not saying to lay out all these employees or to let them go. No, we convert them. There is a difference between digital government where we make very like fast in Estonia, like in Estonia, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. So we convert mm -hmm. the country to become a digital country. We do not need any more employees to pay them salaries for nothing, but we keep the Pushing right papers. employees for the audit and for the security. Our problem is a problem of internal security. And yeah. by creating a digital government, we can switch directly to kind of decentralized uh, administrative system, meaning every municipality of or, or every district will have its own rules and regulations that goes in line directly with the population living. So meaning in the Shia people, in the Shia district, if the Shia, they want to have their prayers on Friday and they want to have their day off on Friday, sorry, let them have their day off on fri Friday. Sure. In the Christian district, if they want to have their prayers on Sunday and they day off on Sunday, let it be on Sunday. But when it comes to public services, all the public services are digital. You can have your service anytime. When sure. it comes to security, the security is under one umbrella, which is the government and not anymore the parties and trust me the most important is to give the comfort and to create and to build trust with exactly. your co-citizens so Absolutely. when i go and i sit with hezbollah and i show them that i trust them and i don't fear them so i don't fear their arms they will they will automatically know how to manage this conflict so it's about building a trust first we never, sure. never took the decision to build a trust internally between our different segments. So, solution is very easy. Building trusts, uh, building yes. trust between the different components of the Lebanese society. Second, yeah. convert completely the government into digital. Mm -hmm. And third, convert all the public administration employees where they can fit for audit, to avoid corruption and where they can fit for security to avoid destabilization of security in the country and this is I have how to we ask do you uh, th this is excellent because i know you you're going to write a white paper on this and you're going to present it but um i'd, yep. I'd like to talk about uh how about currency is it going to be a digital currency or cryptocurrency no need for to uh no need to go to cryptocurrency i still okay. don't believe in cryptocurrency but okay. uh, when I'm talking about uh, digital government, meaning convert all the services to become digital. Over no, I understand platforms. that. Sorry, yeah. I understand that. But, but you know, not the, about uh, the currency, because the currency, the currency for the moment, uh, uh, currency is always linked to the international uh, economic environment. So as long as today we do not have really governments uh, using cryptocurrencies, we don't want to be uh, 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 in that direction, we don't want to create something that might not be supported by other governments or might okay. not have the support of the markets. So Lebanon, as I said, is a very weak country. We keep the currency as it is, but we use the assets okay. of the Lebanese government in order to, in order to support that currency and in order to make it at the to 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 get back the value of that currency. We have a very good gold reserve. We have excellent good. resources. And here I come back to the oil and gas that we have in the sea. I was hoping you'd do so, that. Yeah, absolutely. Which means, which means energy security. Exactly. Exactly. Energy security. And since today it is confirmed that we have uh, a, a good value uh, down in the sea, so we can start yes. thinking about securitizing uh, the future flows of these uh, uh, of these assets and start getting the cash today and uh, paying back that cash when this gas is going to be used. So I'd, I'd like to I'd like to stay on energy of the future flow of the gas. I'd like to stay on energy yes. just for a moment, if I may. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Lebanon has 300 days of sunshine a year. Has a lot of sunshine in, in Lebanon, correct? Absolutely. And this is so, another part. 
Actually, actually, regarding the renewable energy, it it was part actually of a of a project that we were preparing uh, for that. Uh, today, on individual basis, uh, uh, you see that a lot of people are using the solar energy in order okay. to uh, to replace yeah. the shortage I'm of the electricity that. supply. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, again, every single project that goes uh, on a public level, it needs funding. Mm -hmm. And that funding meaning needs money, and that money needs to come from uh, from somewhere. Today, Lebanon is a, right. is extremely poor. We do not have the funds, and municipalities by law they do not have the right to go and raise funds individually. And okay, this is the big problem. So that's why there should be definitely a change in the regulations and in the laws in order to allow uh, uh, municipalities to have some independence in terms of yes. uh, uh, financial supply and uh, to be able to raise funds in order to fund uh, uh, local projects uh, for the good interest of the citizens who are living in the district of that municipality. And I know you have a solution for that too, as I remember. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. We prepared a very good solution for that. And I am preparing a white paper for that. And I will be submitting this, but not for the current uh, for the current president, any government that is coming later on, I'll be submitting my paper with all the solutions, be it in terms of financing of green energy uh, and or in terms of a re a reconsideration and in terms of digitalization of the uh, administrative uh, services. I'm not talking about security. I'm not talking about Israeli occupation. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about the day-to-day uh, -day life. If today I need right. any paper, I cannot find even an A4 paper to print my request and, and to go and submit it to the government. And uh, the public mm -hmm. administration service, they do not have even the A4 papers to print the result and to give it back to me. And we do not have still now <laughs> digital. The we need to go paperless. Paperless. Uh, yes, <laughs> we are going paperless, but as well uh, serviceless. So paperless yeah. and serviceless. <laughs> I, I wanted to say, it's, if it's I may, something you know, crazy. This will this will be a real white paper and not a blank paper, correct? <laughs> no white paper, but not blank paper <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it will right. be a solution let's, let's and, not an empty, and not an empty shell exactly so let's conclude this this very interesting podcast i want to thank you again so much cher Abel. uh if you would have some some last remarks some concluding remarks uh, to close off this podcast please y yes yes uh it's very important uh in the 21st century to give hope to the lebanese that there is always a way to get out of this very, very long, dark tunnel. Mm. And uh, when there is a will, there is a way. There is nothing impossible. So the will should come from the Lebanese themselves, not to support anymore any poor mindset or any employee of embassy and to choose the right representatives for the parliament. This is my first recommendation. My mm -hmm. second recommendation is for the existing deputies in the chamber. They need to become Lebanese. They need to remove completely the flags that they are holding today and to mm -hmm. use only the Lebanese flag for the best interest of the Lebanese citizens. And my last point is whomever is going to be in the government, and this is as well because this is the execution. Without execution, there is no progress. So at the execution, think only about 
uh, uh, modern solutions, about digitalization yeah, and not about corruption. You got enough money, guys. Let us get our rights as well. And let us put Lebanon on the track of the 22nd century and not on the track of the 19th century. It's not mm. anymore a, a reverse back uh, uh, a track. It should be a future track. So this is how I can conclude my intervention with you. That That's wonderful. Thank you. And I would say it's a great value proposition. You want to think of your children and your grandchildren, right? Looking forward and not looking backward and use the solutions that are available us today. Thank you so much. Dr. Rebel Hanna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ellen, and hope to see you soon. Bye. Absolutely.